0: Welcome to Vice and Easy, your podcast for all things Miami Vice, with your host, Marina. Hello and welcome to Vice and Easy. This week, we're breaking down season one, episode 16, Rites of Passage. The IMDb synopsis, sparks fly between Tubbs and old flame who has come to Miami to rescue her sister from a life of prostitution. And uh way for IMDb to bury the lead on this one. Uh, you know who that old flame is? Pam Greer. All right, let's get into this. The opening shot is actually a very fun beachy shot. We've had a couple montages like this before. And the background music is Come to Papa" by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. There's this beautiful girl walking the beach by herself. And I mean beautiful. She's very stunning. I took a lot of pictures. Again, as always, Vice and Easy Podcast Gallery. Go check it out on the website. Took a ton of pictures of her. And you can see from the moment you see her on the beach, this is a world-class beauty. Um, she gets the attention. <laughs> Again, please go to the gallery to see this of a orange Speedo. And then a guy, uh, the guest star's name is actually David Thornton. A little vice tea on him later. Looks a lot like Charlie Sheen. That's what this reminded me of. But his shirt, <laughs> it is kind of like a tunic. It's not really a polo. It's not really a t-shirt. It's a shirt with buttons, but it doesn't have the popped collar. It has like a straight-up collar on it. And the print is just wild. Please go check out a picture of this. I will definitely post one on the Instagram. I'm gonna to try to make a TikTok out of this as well. He chats her up, wants to get a little bit know a little bit more about her and know who she is in this next clip. Visiting friends. Girl like you shouldn't be all alone in Miami. You hungry? And so they go off to eat. Keep in mind they don't really know much about each other. She, he was able to kind of pinpoint her accent. She says that she's from Park Slope in Brooklyn, but actually their lunch scene is very cute. He's feeding her oysters, um, not to humanize him, because what happens this episode is actually very sad. But I think that is like a very cute scene where he's feeding her. So I put a picture of that in the gallery. And so they're talking a little bit more at lunch. Basically, he kind of wants to introduce her to people in Miami, gives her the spiel. And unfortunately, this was a very popular one when we were growing up to like kind of the scam of being a model. And the reason that kind of fed into human trafficking that we'll touch on a little bit more in this episode is that it is a job that inherently isolates a woman from her family and from contact. And a lot of times when this happens, they're taking a woman from a country usually poor with the promise that you can make thousands of dollars a day you can come support your family move them to paris or to new york if they're lucky to actually model and even there they're isolated with the language they don't know anybody a lot of times they were back in my day models usually would start at like 14 15 years old which means that you're basically taking this teenage girl away from her family putting her in a whole new world She doesn't speak the language doesn't know anybody hasn't even finished school and so that's why this kind of like promise of modeling already made me feel uneasy, even though I had seen this episode a million times before. I just got that icky feeling because I was like, what a beautiful girl. She's alone. Most likely, I'm sure she's going to tell him that she's also in financial straits, thereby making this deal look more advantageous to her than it really is so wow way to end this i'm not even ending this episode it's only four minutes in i'm already being a bummer i do apologize well it is a sad episode let's not get wrong i will always cry during this episode i think i got it all out because i did have to watch this episode four times in the past couple days so i think i got it all out um not that i don't mind crying on the podcast i think emotions are very healthy but i think i'm gonna i think i'm all cried out and now let's get back to the episode so after their little lunch date he wants to take her to this party again to meet more people. Guess who we see here? Guess who's our other guest star? We haven't got to Pam yet, but John Turturro, like I touched on a little bit in the No Exit episode because his real-life wife Catherine Borowitz was actually on No Exit as Bruce Willis's wife. So I was kind of mentioning him in that early episode, how I really liked him on Severance as Irv. Have I really liked him in To Live and Die in LA and also in Mr. D that is funny that in real life and from what all accounts I've heard, he is nothing but a gentleman. And then he can also play like really bad sleazy characters with a total ease. I don't know if that's just his look or his voice that he can just make you think but he's such a slime ball but then in real life he's such a nice guy but it's a big day today and we'll talk a little bit about him more at the end of the episode and what i enjoy him in because this house party the dresses the outfits everything to die for the one ep, the one picture i took was actually of a girl in a very 80s shoulder padded cross-bodied big loose fitting as i shall say silky pink and blue dress. And she's worn them with pearls. We see another woman walking the party in a silver blouse. And this is where the prostitution storyline kind of comes to a head because she's complaining to Lyle. And Lyle was the guy who was talking to the beautiful woman by herself at the beach. And her name is Diane. So Lyle is talking to the woman in the silver blouse. She's not really having it. She doesn't want to do what she's been paid to do. With a client, he basically says, That's her job, I don't care. However, his boss, David Trainer, played by John Taturo, he has his eye on Diane. And as we see in this next clip, he's not the only one with his eye on Diane. One of the most beautiful girls in Miami is mine, Roberto. He's not available at the moment. When will he be? So we all know where this is going So at the party, Lyle introduces Diane to Trainer properly And that's when Trainer kind of starts giving her the spiel That she can make $10,000 a week That he has a large modeling agency here in Miami You know, it's no Park Avenue But, quote, they do pretty well for themselves And we can kind of see where this is going Really? Yeah And of course, we're always looking for fresh, new talent Well, on a more lighthearted note, let's take a break and visit in with our old friends Zito and Switek. Of course they're up to some zany drinks as they're trying to repair their bug repair van, their undercover van. And you'll never guess, but there's a dad joke in here. Technical difficulties, guys? Nah, we're just, uh, working some of the bugs out of the system. Ah, oh, how surprising. Well, they do have some intel that a sex worker showed up in the Miami river last night and that Gina's got the lead on a party that may link the body to a high powered prostitution ring here in Miami. So basically their plan is to use the bug, the bug van, sorry, I don't know where my brain is today, to use the bug van, go quote unquote spray, but actually carry a camera with them in the equipment and get footage of everybody. Obviously, that's not gonna be illegal in court as we later hear Crockett make a joke about, but they will be able to at least kind of have leads, maybe intimidate people from there, so forth and so forth. And at the crime scene where they pulled the body, we see Pam Greer. And so back at the precinct, Sonny actually moves Billy's picture to actually see him better, which I noted. I thought that was really great. I know there's a lot of mixed feelings on how I think Crockett is doing as a father, but I will give this an A+. And then Tubbs overhears a familiar voice talking to Trudy and Castillo in the office. And guess who it is? Pam Greer. His old friend or girlfriend, wink, wink, Valerie. And he is... (laughs) beaming to see her. You can see the excitement on Tubbs's face. He looks enamored over the moon. Who wouldn't be with Pam Greer? And they kind of awkwardly hug at first. And, you know, they kind of excuse themselves. Oh, we know each other. They go catch up and they go take a walk along the boardwalk. And then this is where they kind of start to unpack a little bit about their history. She explains her sister's story that basically after school, she went on a road trip with her friends, was in Chicago for a little bit. Valerie tried to follow the trail, kind of ended up cold. And so that's in what essence brought her to Miami. She's here to look for her sister. And then that leads to my favorite clip of this entire episode. How can you didn't call me, woman? I was a little preoccupied. Oh my God. And the reason I find that so funny, this is an inside joke with one of my girlfriends from Clerks Uncensored. If you've never heard of that, it was the cartoon adaptation for primetime ABC. I believe it was 2001, 2002 from the Clerks movie. And the humor was completely different. It was still written and produced by Kevin Smith. And there's this scene. It's just hard to explain to make it funny. Basically, this guy goes, Woman, what's with the dog's woman? And my friend and I have been saying that to each other since grade eight. So as soon as I clipped this, I sent this to her and I'm like, this is exactly what I'm going to say to you every time you don't give me gossip right away. Or you tell me like a day later, like, oh, this and this happened. Why didn't you call me woman? But that aside, it's also important to note that Valerie says that they didn't end on the best of terms, which is why she didn't initially reach out to Ricardo for help. And then Valerie says that she's worried that she's just wasting her time, that her sister's probably not in Miami, but Tubbs has an idea maybe to start again. She's not here, Rico. She's not here, Miami. Maybe you haven't looked in all the right places. Now you know me better than that. Then we'll try again. Oh, and at this point in the scene, he puts his arm around her. I include a picture of it on the gallery, of course. Just think it's very sweet. And speaking of the right places, this is where we segue into Zito and Switek crushing another David Trainer party again. David Trainer is the pimp, trying to get some footage, and the fact that they're even allowed into this party. So they're dressed in their bug exterminator gear with this mm-hmm. giant spray canister that with the camera affixed inside. And again, I do not know why the girl let them in in the first place. And they make some joke like, Oh, open your mouth. The bugs already got to you. Like disgusting. Also, you can't spray toxic chemicals at a party. Like, so obviously they kicked out very quickly, but they were able to get some very interesting footage as we'll see in the next clip after this one. But now let's get back to Tubbs and Valerie. And here we are back at Valerie's hotel room where Tubbs and Valerie bring up the past and what went wrong. We were younger. We were so with our careers. It just wouldn't work. We were going in different directions. We kept tripping over each other. Yeah, well, it seems like it's... And then naturally, they proceed to make love. As the camera transitions to the full moon, I did try to capture an exact frame where you could see both. And you can kind of see the full moon in the background. So I hope I give you guys that vibe on the gallery. And with that, sexy lovemaking under the full moon is over. And we're back to work. They're looking at the footage. And Castillo wants all of them identified. Crockett walks into his desk. Valerie's naturally sitting at Tubbs's desk, going over old photos. Tubbs is out for a little bit. Crockett makes small talk and asks her if she wants to watch one of Zito and Switek's home movies, quote-unquote. Guess what it's called? What's it called? Inadmissible Evidence. They go into the room to watch the footage. Valerie recognizes her sister, cavorting with an older gentleman, the one who is asking how much she was worth and when she was going to be on the market. The one that was talking to David Trainer in Spanish in that first scene that we saw them in. However, Tubbs walks in looking great. But yeah, now Valerie knows where her sister is. So they want everybody ID'd already. I already mentioned that. Thing. So Castillo's already on it. And so while they go to work IDing everybody, guess what Diane's up to? Because it's the 80s, Diane is having not only just a shopping montage... She's having a cocaine montage as well. So her whole new life is actually a great montage. I know this is supposed to be bad, but she's going to like the cutest boutique. She's trying on all, all these nice sequin dresses. Um, you took pictures, obviously you can see them all in the gallery. And it's kind of interspliced with footage of her doing lights with like perfectly manicured hands. Um, and the song they're playing is actually Rockwell. It is Change Your Ways by Rockwell. Interesting title choice, right? Rockwell, as I mentioned in the pilot, not trying to big myself up or anything, but I actually met him in a Los Angeles courthouse elevator where he put the full court press on me, but in a very nice, respectable, classic, gentlemanly way. So dare I say he's a friend of the podcast? Are you Rockwell? Are you listening? This montage, obviously... Gets to my heart for many reasons, but her outfits, actually, two of them are on my best dressed. The long sleeved sequined zebra print dress and the clashing leopard print top with the striped black and green pants, where she's wearing a little hat and there's a big neon sign behind her. I think that's just like such a fun picture. And the fact that she is able with her face and her cute figure to pull off two wildly clashing prints is very respectable. Sorry, I'm heavily glamorizing this montage, which is basically showing her downfall into the world of prostitution. So I need to step back a little bit and (laughs) realize that it's maybe a little problematic, but is very, very, very 80s. Please go check out all the pictures. Now they And by they, I mean Tubbs, Croc, and Valerie are walking into a consulate. Which country's consulate? No idea. It does not say uh, the only, I couldn't even figure out what flag was there. It could be the Mexican flag, but I didn't see enough colors. So unnamed South American country consulate where they are going to visit the gentleman they noticed Diane with in the video. However, being local law enforcement in a consulate, they're not welcomed warmly. And again, this is another great one liner from this episode. Mr. Miami Vice, I told you, you can go in there. You have no jurisdiction here. Hands off, that's rich. Oh, definitely trust me, that will become a TikTok. Mr. Miami Vice is just how I feel whenever I wear like a pastel suit, even as a woman. (laughs) Mr. Miami Vice, I love it, love it. That is definitely gonna be a sound you're gonna hear often. Now, in the office, Martínez, Roberto Martínez, the diplomat that we saw in the video, tells the secretary to leave, then decides to chat with Tubbs, Crockett, and Valerie. But why? He doesn't need to give them anything. If you're the police, you know I have diplomatic immunity. If this is blackmail, you have failed. In my country, Prostitution is a very ordinary thing. What you're doing in those photographs isn't ordinary anywhere, pal. My conscience is clean. However, despite this, Valerie is kind of able to pull his heartstrings a little bit, talking about her baby sister, and is somehow able to get him to call Trainer to put Crockett and Tubbs on a guest list and I do not understand why because yes as a diplomat he has diplomatic immunity he can just tell them to go kick rocks they can't do anything so I wonder if maybe he just kind of sympathized with Valerie it's never really explained and then we cut back to Diane she's reading sensual magazine which is supposed to be kind of like a play on Cosmopolitan or what have you and trainer comes by Asks her about her shopping day They flirt a little bit They kiss Unfortunately Natural has a relationship Between An escort And her pimp It turns sour pretty quickly I want it Cause I like it I really don't need you either But I still want you Don't Try to con me. I'm not a client. <laughs> I wasn't trying to con you. I was. Yeah, that got icky really fast because. Oh, I forgot to mention this. When she was going shopping, she was actually with Lyle, so she wasn't with Trainer at all. So Traynor's kind of like overseeing everything that's going on. He obviously it's probably with his money that is paying for the shopping trip. And then therefore now she is more indebted to him and therefore has to quote unquote, work off. This is all I'm assuming, but this is how it tends to happen. And now from that depressing note, let's get back to another house party at Trainers. Again, please check out all the pictures I took of this party. It is a lot of fun. And Crockett and Tubbs come to the door. They hand Trainer an envelope, kind of make small talk. And then Crockett and Tubbs report back to Zeno and Switech as to the mood and the ratio of men to women at this party. In here to stock a meat <laughs> <laughs> so Crockett and Tubbs split up. They're going to go try to find Diane in different parts of this party. Crockett crosses paths with someone from a show I hold very dear to my childhood. So it is very exciting to me to introduce you to possibly the only i hope not but so far the only saved by the bell miami vice crossover in this nancy Valen, aka the hot nurse that zach flirts with asks sunny for a light he pulls out his zippo lights her cigarette she blows the flame of his lighter out takes a deep breath and exhales the smoke She looks so beautiful here and she's not only from Saved by the Bell, you also know her from Baywatch, but obviously I know her in my heart as the hot nurse. Jen, I believe was her character's name on Saved by the Bell. So let's get back to this party. I don't want to just ramble on. Tubbs kind of wanders around. He's wearing, actually, he is my vote for best dressed man. He's wearing a navy blazer with a sparkly blue undershirt. And it looks really great on him. It's a very beautiful sapphire jewel blue, really brings out his eyes, really brings out his skin tone. I love it on him. He is able to spot Diane on the upstairs balcony and this balcony, you gotta see it. Not only does he spot Diane, I, your eagle-eyed host, spot a gentleman with sideburns, an unbuttoned silk teal dress shirt, flanked by two beautiful women on either side. What a time to be alive, the 80s. And now Tubbs heads upstairs, opens a room, opens a door, sorry, opens a door, finds Diane doing lines of cocaine. I will say, aesthetically, she looks amazing here. It's in that long-sleeved sequin zebra print dress I was talking about with bejeweled dice earrings. I took a picture of it, so beautiful. And he reminds her who he is. He also lets her know that she's going to be coming home. Valerie wants her back home. She is not about this at all. Starts throwing a huge fit, screaming, fighting him off. Him and Crockett basically have to pull a gun on Lyle in order to get her out the door. Tubbs then has to pick her up and carry her, throw her into the van and drive off from the party while she's banging on the window. So now this looks even sketchier from an outside perspective. It is a really sad scene though. She's screaming at Valerie that she doesn't wanna go home, that Valerie ruins everything. Valerie basically has to slap her to calm her down. And so after the big fight, the next morning, Diane's sitting at what I assume is a rehab center and Valerie comes to visit her. Diane still wants Valerie gone. She defends her life. She says she makes a grand a night. Valerie says that she's just being buying, she's just being bought and used and paid for. And Val lets her know that she's an adult now and she can make her own decisions in this next clip. I don't do anything I don't want to. You're a grown woman now. You can do whatever you want. But I just want to let you know that I care about you. And I'm there if you need me, okay? You mean it? I mean it. It is a very sweet scene that ends with them holding hands. And I will also point out that Pam Greer, just being the bombshell that she does, looks great in what just appears to be gray t-shirt with belted white jeans, just movie star. What a gorgeous woman. Now, after that lovely scene, let's get back to more arguing, but this time it's at the precinct. So Tubbs wants and is adamantly fighting for Diane not to go on the stand. Valerie says that she's been used enough, but Crockett is adamant that Diane is the whole case. Castillo basically says, find another way. And so as that argument lingers on, Diane calls Trainer and says, she's going to go back to New York. And she's very sweet and naive and tells him she's going to miss him. And... He says he wants to know where she is so he can see her one last time before she goes. And unfortunately, I know where this is heading, but poor Diane doesn't in this next clip. I am gonna miss you. Ciao, baby. Those cops get to her. She says she's on her way back to New York. You believe it? Sure. By way of the DA's office. I take a third fall on five felony counts. Take care. Of oh, but on a comical note, I did make a gif. Kids, that sound that you heard was him pushing the antenna down on his <laughs> on his mobile phone. So obviously, I made a gif of it. There are two really good 80 cell phone gifts this week. I'm very proud of myself. But now let's segue into possibly, I don't wanna get ahead of myself, possibly my favorite use of a popular song in Miami Vice to convey emotion in this next clip. Because in this next clip, we are back to Rico and Valerie in bed, giggling, planning the future and, with this song in the background, you can't think that anything's going to go wrong. I, think I just call it a day. I've been on homicide like five years and it's become such a tremendous. I just need to be near Diane, that's all. And so as I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner is playing while Tubbs and Valerie are in bed, Lyle in a white suit with flowers is walking through the rehab center to visit Diane. It's nighttime. Diane's sleeping. He opens the door, doesn't wake her, pulls out a syringe, puts the syringe in her arm. Her eyes shoot open. As the song's still playing, Crockett arrives on the scene and he calls Tubbs to deliver the news. And this is even sadder because they're joking around and laughing in bed and they answer the phone saying, room service? Hey slowly, hey, hey, hey. Oh, hey. So What? Love. Diane. Oh, Diane is dead. Oh, this is so sad. Valerie and Tubbs look at each other, hold each other. He holds her crying. Then the next scene, they're interrogating Trainer, and Tubbs is not having it to the point where he's almost at risk of blowing the case. She was a beautiful girl, and it's a tragedy. No, Rico, no, I don't want him unless you can keep him. Take it easy. Open yourselves up to libel and assault. Get him out of here. We'll touch on what the lawyer said in Elvis' legal minute, but Valerie is very adamant that they have to do this the right way, that they can't have this guy walk. And she pleads with him to do this by the book. Tubbs sweetly says that they can get him together, but Valerie says, no, you're gonna get him. She's gonna take Di home, Diane back home to New York. And so then we're at the airport where Crockett and Tubbs accompany Valerie to say goodbye. They're at the gate. They can see the plane. Tubbs even offers to accompany Valerie back to New York, but she says that she wants to go solo. And then Crockett gives Tubbs and Valerie a few minutes to bond before they leave. It's very sweet. It's a very sweet moment. And because it's the 80s, you could actually go up to the gate, go up to the window and watch someone, they watch her go down the escalator to get onto her flight and they wave bye to each other. Tubbs kisses his fingers and puts them up to the window and says bye. And then Crockett, because it's the 80s, lights up a cigarette inside the airport. And it is very sweet. Crockett puts his hand on Tubbs's back and asks if he's okay as they walk out of the airport. And then they go back to the precinct where... In spite of everything they do get some good news. Castillo tells Crockett that they were able to identify the woman. Remember this is the woman that showed up in the Miami River that they assumed was one of trainer's hookers. And so they're still trying to see if she's associated with trainer. They're trying to get a little bit more intel. And Tubbs at this time is on the phone. He suddenly hangs up, runs outside. Crockett follows, jumps to the car, and they go off to find Valerie because Tubbs got a Crockett from her friend Billy that was waiting to pick her up at the airport, that said that Diane arrived in New York. Valerie did not. Luckily, in a world pre-cell phone, Crockett and Tubbs are able to pinpoint where she might be very quickly. We see Valerie knocking on a door with the name tag, Trainer. So right, Trainer's apartment. The same gentleman that opened the door at the house party opens the door to the apartment. She barges in looking for Trainer. Lyle interjects. Tries shooting at Valerie, ends up shooting his butler, his employee. She ends up shooting Lyle. Now she's off to find Trainer, So she's searching through the apartment. Trainer is yelling at Lyle, how many, how many, as in how many people? So he can know how to prepare himself. She closes in. She also sexually, I did not pronounce that word correctly. She seductively takes off her high heels and like stealthily walks on the carpet looking for trainer, is able to find the room that trainer's in. Just as she has her gun cocked, Lyle, not dead after all, pops up, bleeding from the chest. I took a picture of this, it's on the gallery. Points his gun at Valerie. And just in that split second, right before he's about to fire, Crocket and Tubbs get him first. Then trainer pops out, starts firing, Valerie shoots him. Crockett and Tubbs are there. Valerie puts her gun up in the air, hands it to Crockett and says, Give me my rights. And that is the end. What a badass Valerie is. Honestly, I know that it's not ethical, but I'm really enjoying... NYPD detectives coming to Miami to seek vengeance. I'm really, I'm really about it. I think it's just be a very common occurrence in Miami Vice. There's just like more Tubbs and Valerie's because you can't get enough of them. So beautiful, so badass, so smart. Love it. What a dream couple. However, at the end of this episode, we don't know what happens to her, but spoiler alert, she does return to Miami Vice when they go to New York. So look forward to that. I'm very excited to recap that one as well. And that's the end of Rites of Passage. All right, we got some juicy stuff today, so let's get to it. All right, there's a little bit of a salaciousness with Pam Greer. So if you are listening with children present, now may be the time to uh, get them out of the room or pause this and wait till they get out of the car. So Pam Greer, she naturally got her start, as we all know, on exploitation films such as Foxy Brown and Coffee. Younger generations will know her probably from either the L word Escape from L.A., or a movie that takes place at my favorite mall in America, the DeLamo Fashion Center, Quentin Tarantino's Foxy Brown. Now, Pam Greer, I knew this one story about her and Richard Pryor that I'm very glad is actually true. So... Pam Greer discovered during a pap smear or a cervical screening that there was cocaine residue that apparently was an epidemic in Beverly Hills at the time. So apparently to sustain an erection, Richard Pryor, the late comedian, would put cocaine at the end of his penis. And therefore, Pam was not sure how it was getting into her system. Later, ended up Battling cervical cancer, whether or not they're related, I don't know. And then during her relationship with Richard Pryor, he got married to somebody else. And she's also had other high-profile relationships, most notably with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar before he converted to Islam and changed his name, and also to the comedian Freddie Prince, who she was hesitant to continue a relationship with because of his addictions. Sadly, she was one of the last people he talked to before he died. He, of course, is the father of teen star from when I was growing up, Freddie Prince Jr., To her credit, she seems very low-key now. She lives on a ranch in Colorado, seems to be living her best life. We love you, Pam. Happy to hear it. Other guest stars this episode. So Lyle is played by an actor called David Thornton. He most notably was in Law & Order and also Law & SVU. But more importantly, he is Cindy Lauper's husband. And I had no idea. So very cool. Lyle is Cindy Lauper's husband. Nancy Vallon, who I spoke about earlier, my Saved by the Bell, Miami Vice crossover, The Hot Nurse, as I mentioned, she was also on Baywatch. Now, John Turturro, my heart. Right now, you'll know him as Irv from Severance, but he's been in a ton of movies. My favorite one, of course, as I'm going to talk about a lot during this podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., thankfully I can find no scandal so far on either David Thornton, John Turturro, or other guest star. um, Mario Ernesto Sanchez, who played who played Roberto Martinez, the diplomat. He was also in the Miami Vice movie as El Tiburon, or as the shark. So again, like I said last week, I was gonna watch the Miami Vice movie again for the weekend. I did not be <laughs> not doing my homework. Who would have thought? So I will report back. I do not remember his role in the movie. To be fair, it was also over 20 years after this had aired. So things will be a little different. He's gonna look a little different. All right, as we wrap up that Vice tea, let's get down to some looks. No surprise here, my best dress is gonna be Diane. I don't know which outfit it's for, I'm a little bit conflicted, but I think overall, I'm going to go for the long zebra print sequin dress with the bejeweled dice earrings. I want to say bejeweled dye earrings to be grammatically correct, but it just doesn't sound right. So I'm going to say it incorrectly. I also love her many other outfits during the montage because she does look great in green and that's a very hard shade. It's like a dark lime green to pull off. So kudos to the beauty that is Diane. Now, best dressed man, finally, Tubbs gets a little bit of glory. Usually, Sunny Crockett is always my best dressed. And this week, I'm happy to announce that Tubbs in the sparkly blue shirt at the party, at the second trainer party where he finally meets Diane and then picks her up and throws her into a van, is my best dressed man. My wild card, naturally, is the gentleman I spoke of earlier with the sideburns, the unbuttoned teal silk dress shirt, and the two women flanked on either side. Imagine looking like that in the 80s and being incredibly cool and awesome. And I'm also, maybe I'm like skip five, Faye five this week because my Faye five is basically just all the outfits and a montage with cocaine. <laughs> and I guess the one thing I'll add in here, I'll kind of just skip the category this week completely is when they're looking at the home movie, inadmissible evidence. So I'm doing air quotes as if you can see them when they pause You can see the tracking fuzz that used to get on the bottom of the TV. When you'd watch old VHS tapes <laughs> and you'd have to reduce the tracking. Kids don't even know what that is these days. And so there ends our fashion slash fave five section just because everybody looked amazing this episode and there were so many good looks and just so much 80s nostalgia and sequence and glass blocks and guest stars. But let's not forget the music. Now, naturally, I can wax on and on and on about I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner, which coincidentally was actually the number one song in the country while this episode was playing, which makes me think that maybe they didn't have a song in mind yet when they were filming this episode. And then because the song was becoming popular, they probably added it like a little close to call in post-production because it was climbing up the charts because that would have been a very big coincidence to pick the song that was gonna be a huge number one smash. But at the time, Foreigner was still very popular, so that's not completely out of the question. But other songs this episode, we have Come to Papa by Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band. And that was when Diane meets Lyle on the beach. There are three songs by the band called The Reds. Never heard of them. I like their stuff. So I went online and do a little research. Originally, a band out of Philadelphia released their first album in 1979. Again, not super popular, but here lies the connection. Oh, speaking of CanCon, they released two albums on a Canadian record label, but most notably, they scored the Manhunter soundtrack. It did not do as well for them as the Thief soundtrack did for Tangerine Dream, but three songs that are featured on this episode come from the same band. So that is Waiting For You, Beat away. That is not it. Hold on one sec. Oh, I digress. That is totally named the song. It is beat away. And till the end. And they're all on Spotify along with joggers stakeout (laughs) from the manhunter soundtrack, but they seem like a really cool band, a little something different. So it does seem like they had that working relationship with Michael Mann. Um, Couldn't really find any news on what they're up to today. If anyone knows, please let me know. But I thought that was a cool little Michael Mann connection. And now Obviously, my favorite song in this episode, I don't even need to say it. I don't think we all know the fact that I didn't cry is very surprising. So I will tell you this little fun story. I'm not sure if I've already told it. If I have, I do apologize that I tend to say things twice and I tend to repeat stories a lot. And I do have a very good memory, so I don't know why that is. So I remember I was having dinner with my mom downtown. Um, it was this place called move and pick in downtown Toronto. It was this cute little Dutch restaurant. There are two or three locations, the ones in the mall or the ones in, um, shopping centers you kind of went in you bought a card and you'd go to different stations get different food they weigh your food and then they charge you based on what you got so it's kind of cool but i we went to the sit down moment pick which i believe was in yorkville at the time or it was on king street close to the back in my day was the o'keeffe center i don't even know what it's called now it's wherever the um I'm telling this to like the one person in Toronto who listens. Hi, Katie. Um, Where they used to do ballet. It's right by the Hockey Hall of Fame. I don't know what the art center is called now, but there's still concerts that go on there. And I remember we're having dinner and this, I want to know what love is comes on. And I was like, oh, I love this song. I, I heard all Miami Vice. My mom gives me a weird look. This is 2004, by the way, 2005, maybe. I was like, Miami Vice? How are you watching Miami Vice? (laughs) And then I explained to her, I'm like, oh, it's rerun on Spike TV. So I recorded. I didn't tell her I was gratuitously skipping school in order to watch it. But I thought that was funny. I just remember my mom, like, not recoiling in horror, but just like, that was what she was watching before I was even born how was I watching it as a teenager? So that's why the song is also kind of stuck with me too. You know, it's very much where I remember I was a fan of Miami Vice. I wasn't just watching it, I was a fan. And because it was in reruns, I'd only seen a couple episodes after this point. My first episode I ever watched was Milk Run. So I'd only seen four episodes of ours. It was like this one whole week my life changed. You know, maybe there was a weekend in between, but because it was reruns, I was watching one a day. And now, naturally, my second favorite song is obviously going to be Tubbs and Valerie by Jan Hammer, And that is the score, the instrumental you can hear throughout most of the episodes, through most of the scenes with Valerie. And it's a great song, I actually used it on a TikTok when I made a TikTok for Philip Michael Thomas on his birthday, Happy Gemini Season. And moving on, best one-liner in this episode, I think we know where this is going. Mr. Miami Vice. <laughs> that is a great one that is obviously going to be saved on my soundboard. Cause I'm going to have a lot of fun with that in the future. And now as we wrap things up, I'm going to give you a quick little legal tidbit in Elvis's legal minute. <laughs> so remember when Trainers Laura was saying that they could threaten to sue them with libel and assault? Libel is written, slander is spoken. So that's a good way to remember it spoken slander. S and S. And not really a huge expert on diplomatic immunity, but it's very true. The diplomat did not have to give Crockett, Tubbs, or Valerie anything. I think he only kind of wanted to help Valerie, because it was her sister. Uh, Speaking of diplomatic immunity, the big case, obviously, that I'm going to refer to if you want to learn a little bit more about crimes you can commit and get away with was the case in the UK where (laughs) the wife of a diplomat ran over a motorcyclist, fled the scene, left, and got away because of diplomatic immunity. Obviously, that opened up a huge can of worms because it was revealed that her husband was a spy and... (laughs) I never got the full details of it from what was going on, but uh, not the best way to use your diplomatic immunity. That is to protect you from countries that are arbitrarily jailing so-called enemies of the state, not for you to run over innocent motorcyclists and get away with it. So keep that in mind. Please don't abuse your diplomatic immunity if you have it. And with that, we are wrapping up Season one, episode 16, Rites of Passage. Again, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening, for subscribing, for liking, for viewing. It really helps. I appreciate you getting the word out there. As always, you can find all the pictures, all the gifts I make of every episode at the Vice and Easy Podcast Gallery. That also has an episode guide for, a guide for every single episode. You can find that in the Spotify description. You can find that on the website at viceandeasypodcast.com. You can also find more on my new link tree that I'm very excited about on my Instagram at Vice and Easy Podcast. You can also find me on TikTok at Vice and Easy Podcast, where of course I will find a way to use the Mr. Miami Vice and the why didn't you call me woman lines. It was a very tough choice between the one-liners, but Mr. Miami Vice, how could I say no to that? Thank you again for listening, subscribing, and following me at Vice and Easy Podcast. As always, I'll catch you next week and don't forget. Hey man, Miami Vice is number one new show.